We're going to talk to uh, John Lindert, the PGA of America president. John, what's going Hello, on this John. morning? How are you both this morning? We're doing good, man. We're doing well. Uh, you guys uh, you got some busy times coming up. I mean, it's going to be a Ryder Cup year in 2023. We've got uh, PGA Championship going back to Oak Hill uh, with Justin Thomas hanging on to the trophy. Uh, he hasn't dented that thing up yet, has he? Probably not. I hope not. Yeah, I hope not. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, it's gonna be an exi- it's gonna be an exciting year. That's for sure. I mean, going to Rome, uh, I had the good fortune of going over to Rome for the one year to go event with Captain Johnson and getting to view the venue, uh, Marco Simone, and obviously the city of Rome is prepared for it. Uh, Italy is prepared for it, and it's gonna be a great event. How's how's the golf course look, John? Are are you a big fan of that? It's uh, you know what it's a it's a great layout. Um, I think probably the rough will probably mature a little bit right. uh, between now and, and next September, but it's it's a quite hilly golf course. How I was uh, I was very surprised. There's going to be a lot of uh, tests of endurance, at, at least from the players' perspective and probably the caddies as well. Right. Yeah, and you know when you guys look at uh, I mentioned the PGA Championship uh, at Oak Hill. When you guys look at uh, venues, I mean you've got. 20, you got 30 and 34 already picked out. Where's 31, 32, and 33? You got any insight for us? As far as the PGA Championship goes? Yes. yes. Uh, we're kind of still looking. Kerry Haig does a great job in trying to vet out some good venues. And, you know, and obviously uh, having the PGA Championship in May opens the door for some opportunity for us for, for some areas that we may not have considered when we were in August because it might have been too hot. But uh, you know, there's a lot of a lot of things to be taken into consideration with the infrastructure and corporate hospitality, um, the whole nine yards. So Kerry does a fabulous job in trying to vet that out. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I've, we've been saying for years that uh, in terms of setup, that I feel like of the three that move around to different venues, uh, the PGA Championship for me has has become the best in terms of setup because. It just seems like that, that that y'all have the ability to set up a golf course that really rewards good shots and gives us birdies and eagles. But if you make a mistake, the po- the bogey, double, and dreaded other can come into play pretty quickly. Yeah, you know, it's really interesting you said that. You know, last year at Southern Hills, I found it interesting. <clears throat> the first two rounds, Gary actually played uh, 13 and 17 farther back. And the scores were actually lower. 13 was a, a par 5. It wasn't really reachable right. the first two days. But he played at reachable in day 3 and day 4. And he played 17 as a drivable par 4. Mm-hmm. And actually the scores scores went up. They got higher the last two days. Now weather had something to do with it. And initially we had the playoffs scheduled for 16, 17, and 18. And Kerry moved that to 13, 17, and 18. So that you had the opportunity to have a reachable par 5, a drivable par 4, and then, you know, 18 is a tremendous hole in and of itself. Yeah. And what a great playoff that was. You know what I like about the PGA Championship, John, is, is you know, it's it's not set up like tough day every single day. I mean, it's, it's you know, the, the scores are, are usually double digits under par. I, I just think it's, to me, it, it might, I think it's the most compelling major that I, that I watch and that I like. Yeah, I mean, it's it, we uh, as I said, you know, Kerry's done a tremendous job. I, yeah. mean, I give a lot of credit to him and his ability to be able to do that. Now, also, the, the venues themselves have put themselves in a position where there's some great holes where if you make them short enough, you can create a drivable par four. You can create an opportunity, as you said, where 
where birdies and eagles can be made, but there are some really tough holes where you have to make bars when bars are needed. And you have to know really when to go for it and when to kind of lay back, when par is a really good score, yeah. and when to gamble and, and risk it a little bit and try to make that eagle. Again, talking with uh, John Leonard, the president of the PGA of America. And, you know, we know with a Ryder Cup year coming up, we really start paying attention to guys earning points. Uh, and we do have to mention Live a little bit because, uh, you know, the Live players are not members of the PGA Tour. They'll not be earning points. And uh, when we talk about the PGA Championship, if y'all uh, are, do the majors talk to each other? And have we done anything in terms of maybe looking at how uh, the qualifications or exemption process? You know, we haven't really sat and talked to each other. I, I think you've probably seen the news that Martin Slumbers had said the Open Championship is going to maintain its tradition and allow players to qualify or, or play in the Open. Mm-hmm. Um, we haven't heard from the, from Augusta National in regards to the Masters, and the PGA has always used its, its standards um, to utilize qualification. So, really, we haven't sat down to talk to each other. It's going to be an interesting scenario. I mean, uh, the the players that are going to be on the Ryder Cup team are going to be the ones that earn the, the, the points. Right. Top six points automatically qualify, and then Captain Johnson will get his uh, six captain's picks. Yeah, and I mean, it's, uh, it's you know, it, it always seems like, you know, we, even with six picks, I mean, when we looked at the President's Cup, I mean, it was a pretty much a no-brainer. There might have been seven guys for six spots, yeah, but... Right. I think, uh, you know, we had a Will Zalatoris get hurt, and it kind of made it fairly simple. It does seem, even with that many picks, whether we've had two picks or six picks, right. it's always been pretty straightforward. We kind of we have a feel for who's the guys that are going to be picked and who's playing really well. But we always like the fact that, uh, you know, I think that it gives a little more flexibility to maybe have that newcomer onto the scene that's been playing really well. I mean, we've seen somebody like a Ricky Fowler be involved in that before yeah, and get right. a captain's pick coming out of nowhere. Well, you know, it gives the captain an opportunity to, to build a team. And, you know, I've played, I've played sports. I'm sure you all played sports. Sure. Sometimes it's about creating that team, right? And there's, there are people that bring certain facets to the team room that you might want to include. And I go back to... To last year, you know, at Whistling Straits, when we were when we were there, one of the picks that was scrutinized was Scotty Scheffler right. because he hadn't really come out of his shell just then. And six months later, he's world number one. So it's really intriguing to to see how they the, the captains decide to put together their team. I think you're right. Uh, the six picks give them some latitude and help help uh, Captain Johnson actually fill some spots. You know, horses for courses. There are going to be some players that are going to suit well for Marco Simone, and there are some that may not. And I'm sure he'll take that into consideration when he picks his uh, six captain's picks. And, and if I'm not mistaken, was it not Scotty Scheffler that uh, put his foot on John Rahm's throat and never let go? <laughs> <laughs> and Scotty, I mean, Scotty did a Scotty did a pretty good job. He uh, did. Straight. He did, John. But that's and the it thing. Can it carry forward? Yeah. Well, and that's what I was going to say, and that's what I was getting at is that you look at something like that. And the fact that he absolutely buried John Rahm uh, might have given him the confidence to go forward. We have seen that in some instances before where that fringe guy gets on the team and next thing you know, he becomes a star because of what he's done in either a President's Cup or a Ryder Cup. So it can be a springboard. It certainly can. And, you know, Captain Johnson actually tells a story about when he was on the Ryder Cup team and um, how he was told by the captain that, 
hey, you know, you're here for a reason. You believe in yourself. He was standing up over a shot and kind of hemming and hawing as to what should he do? Should he lay up? Should he go for it? And, you know, the captain came to him and said, you know, you're here for a reason. You're a good player. Believe in yourself. And that was, that seems to happen with Scotty. You know, he, he was kind of, um, you know, around the lead and kind of winning, you know, some majors and getting into, getting into some good positions. And after the Ryder Cup, it was just like the world was, was his. He was the best player in the world, you know, without a doubt. John, uh, last question. Um, you know, it seems it seems like we are um, the the, uh, the United States team is a little bit better right now. You know, it's cyclical. I mean, like in the '90s, it was Europe. I mean, and so, um, are you feeling really good about our team? And I know we don't have we have no idea what the outcome can be, but I just think we're a little stronger right now from top to bottom. Would you agree with that? I I, I think that you know, first things first. It's been 30 years since we've brought the trophy back, the yeah, Ryder Cup, right. back from foreign soil, so um, you, not, you don't take anything for granted. I do like the strength of our young players. As you mentioned, we have so many good young players coming up, Cameron Smith and, and um, Will Zalatoris oh, are, yeah. are just are just some, some great players. Um, it just it just makes it makes us feel comfortable in who we are and what we have coming up in the future. Yeah. Hey, John, before we let you go, uh, so as the president of the PGA of America, obviously there's a lot more than just Ryder Cup and PGA Championship on your mind. What are some of the uh, the things that uh, we look forward to in 2023 uh, across the board from the PGA of America? Well, you know, we've got the, the KPMG Women's PGA Championship right. that's going to be held at Baltusrol, which is going to be fantastic. We're actually having the KitchenAid Senior PGA Championship is going to be at PGA Frisco. Uh, which is going to be yeah. the first time that that facility is going to host a major. So we're looking forward to that and, and continually looking at uh, PGA, PGA Junior League is one of our great uh, programs that continues to grow and introduce the game of golf to young boys and girls across the country. And last year we had 70,000 youngsters uh, participate. We look for that to continue to grow. And it's going to be hosted once again at PGA Frisco. It's going to be the first time that's going to happen there as well. We're really looking forward to a great, uh, a great year next year. Yeah, I've heard great things about PGA Frisco oh, as a man. as, an, uh, as yeah. a venue. So I'm really looking forward to everything that's being hosted out there. We are as well. In fact, I'm headed there. Uh, I'm headed there today. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, get me a tea time, will you? I'll be right there. <laughs> yeah. As well, soon as we open up, come on down and play. There you go. Well, John, uh, we always appreciate uh, you guys coming on with us, and we look forward to a great 2023. Thanks a lot. Thanks for your time again. Have Thank a you. great day. Thank you, you too. John.